Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam here, home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your household are doing well. God bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. We are in the subject of the blood covenant, and this is lesson number 51. And this, I would say, would be my last lesson in this subject. And tomorrow, I'm going to start teaching on the call of God. I'm going to talk about the call of God how God calls us to his service. And then I'm going to talk about uh, ministry as a lay person and ministry, uh, you know, full-time ministry. And it'll all be about the call of God, how to know the call of God on your life and how God calls us and what he expects from us and what we can expect from him and all those things. So anyway, but uh, let us talk about this, uh, uh, the final lesson on the blood covenant. Uh, when I started this, I didn't know it would go as far as 51 lessons, but it did, and I'm glad because I really, you know, got to go through the scriptures with you and share the scriptures with you. I didn't want to leave you without scriptures, with just, you know, just talk, but I want to share the scriptures with you. So anyway, um, the last uh, the last lesson on, in this subject, the blood covenant, is about covenant living how you and I can actually live in the covenant. Uh, and the first point in that is um, we forsake everything to follow Jesus. If we want to live in God's covenant, that's the first thing. If we want to enjoy the blessings of the covenant, we have to forsake everything and follow Jesus. Now, in Luke 9, 9 23, this is uh, what Jesus said. He said, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That means Jesus put this condition uh, that if anybody wants to follow me, he has to deny himself and then he has to take up his cross daily and follow after me. Now, I'm using these scriptures because this is, uh, these are the things that spoke to me when I was a new believer. You know, everyone has a different um, uh, viewpoint in life and and from that we, uh, you know, our Christian experiences are built on on, on those experiences. And, uh, but anyway, but this is what happened to me. When I got saved, three days after I received Jesus, uh, I was, you know, I, I met a man on the street who told me about Christ. I immediately felt that God had gripped my heart and I prayed the prayer of faith with him to receive Christ and I instantly felt there was a huge change in my life and I was like floating in a cloud for three days. It's, it was indescribable. The feeling of peace that filled my soul, the, the feeling of being clean that all my sins had been washed away and I, and I wanted to follow Jesus. So I was desperately looking for some Christians and then I met this uh, young man and he I told him, I, I need your help. And uh, we were sitting in the YMCA and I said, I need your help because I want to follow Jesus. So he said, so you want to follow Jesus? I said, yes, sir. He said, do you know the conditions of following Jesus? I said, I didn't know there were any conditions. I've received Christ, but I didn't know any conditions. So if you tell me, so he says, please sit down. So I sat on a chair next to him and he pulled out a Bible. And I didn't know it was a Bible. I'd never seen a Bible in my life. And he opened this book and he said, this is a Bible. And he put his finger on a verse. And it was this verse, Luke 9.23. And he said, please read this. And he made me read it aloud thrice. And it said, 
If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I read through this three times and he said, do you know what it means? I said, well, it means that I should deny myself. And uh, um, I, I, he said, do you understand what that means? I said, yeah, I understand that. He said, are you willing to do that? He said, I said, I can do that. I can live a life of self-denial. Um, that's, I can do that. Then he says, take up the cross, take up his cross daily. Do you know what that means? I said, I have no idea. He said, well, Jesus was crucified on a cross. That is where he died. And he took up that cross and uh, they made him carry that cross through Jerusalem, through his place, uh, to, to the place of his execution. He says, to take up the cross means being willing to die. And he says, are you willing to die for Jesus? And, you know, I mean, growing up as a Muslim in a Muslim society, uh, knowing that if I gave my life to Jesus, I would probably be killed. Uh, so I, so I, I, that is how I understood it, that I should be willing to die for my faith. I mean, literally, physically die. Uh, not the American thing about, oh, you know, die doesn't really mean die. Like in America, a, a Daniel fast doesn't really mean a fast. It just means you eat certain things, you know, but so <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm getting into that. But, but for me, it meant to literally die. And he said, are you willing to die? I said, uh, yes, I'm willing to die uh, because uh, I, uh, uh, as a Muslim, I believed in jihad. I believed in dying and going to heaven. If I died, I said, I'm willing to die. So he says, okay, so you have to live a life of self-denial and you have to be willing to die. But then he said, Jesus told us we have to take up the cross daily. That means you should be willing to die daily. And I said, I can do that because I said, I know, I understand this much. I don't know much, but this much I understand that if I die, I'm going to go to heaven. So the worst things, the worst thing that they could do to me would be the best thing that could happen to me. I would go to heaven and be with Jesus. And after all, that is our goal. And so he says, I'm willing to do that. And he, then he said something I'll never forget. He said, remember this, if you're not ready to die for him, you're not fit to live for him. So I understood that. That said the tone for uh, what uh, to follow Jesus actually means for me. And it has stayed with me my whole life. He says, and follow me. So I understood that to follow Jesus, we have to live a life of self-denial and be willing to die and follow Jesus because there's really nothing in this world that is worth holding on to and uh, there is a heaven to be gained which is far greater and better than anything else in this world. So uh, to live in the covenant, I believe this is the first thing, to deny ourselves and to be willing to die and to follow Jesus. Radical discipleship. If we want to experience the blessings of the covenant, we have to be totally radical in our thinking, radical in our discipleship. We cannot have an Americanized Christianity that we, 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 you know, we talk about Christianity and in this we incorporate our American materialism and the love of material things and then we find some scriptures to 
justify our love of material things, our love of the things of this world. And we call that, oh, this is prosperity, this is blessing. And then we kind of live. So in other words, we set the tone, we set the conditions and uh, 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 by which we are going to live and our whole concept of forsaking everything and following Jesus is basically based on that tone, on that, on that underlying concept. And, uh, but uh, we, we cannot be because we are not the Lord. Jesus Christ is the Lord. We have to remember that. So we have to remember that we are not the Lord. Jesus Christ is the Lord. We didn't purchase him, but he purchased us with his blood. So I remember when I got saved, uh, because the kind of life I lived until then, and I knew that I was going to go to hell, uh, to hell if I didn't uh, know Jesus. And it was pure grace, pure mercy that I, that I received Christ and I received a new life. For me, salvation was totally, totally a new life because my old life, I was going straight to hell and there was no way out and that's the way it was. So this new life that I received, I look at that day, the 13th of December, 1975, in which I literally died. I mean, that was the day my old life ended and my new life began, began which is a totally it is totally a gift of God. And because it is totally a gift of God, my life belongs to Jesus 100%. I have no rights. I have no rights to anything in this life, but to live with Jesus and to walk with him and nobody and nothing can ever take that from me. And everything else I receive from the hand of God because he is good to me and he blesses me and he knows what is best for me and he gives it to me. But so, but, but the framework I live within is the Lordship of Jesus and also understanding that he wishes nothing but good for me and that, uh, uh, and that unnecessary suffering uh, like sickness and disease and, uh, uh, and these things are not my lot because Jesus has taken those things upon himself. But am I willing to sacrifice my life for the gospel? Yes, I am. That is a kind of suffering I am glad to embrace and to bear because that is a part of my calling. I hope you understand where I, it's a big subject, but I'm trying to cram this into a few minutes. So to our calling, forsaking everything to follow Jesus is the number one uh, 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 step towards us living in the covenant. And when we forsake all and follow Jesus, from that moment we forsake everything, take up the cross and follow Jesus. It is Jesus who is our Lord. He sets the tone for our lives. He plays the music to which we march, not we. We don't decide, he decides. And then in Matthew 10, 37 to 30, uh, these are the words of Jesus. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that takes uh, not his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Wow. So here Jesus, you know, he's setting the tone, taking self-denial, taking up the cross, 
follow him. That is true discipleship. He said, if you love your father more than me, you are not worthy of me. He who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You know, these things are very hard, very tough, but that's what it is. We have to love Jesus more than we love our own family, more than we love our kith or kin. And I love my kids. I love my wife. I love my my granddaughter. But you know, Jesus should always be our first love. And he says, and he that takes not his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me. Again, this kind of uh, Luke 9.23 comes in here also that if you are not willing to die, if you're not willing to lay down your life for Jesus and follow after, and follow after him is not worthy of him. And so, you know, the whole concept is here looking at life because when often we think of life and blessings, we think of this earthly life uh, as if this is the totality of life. And we look at God's blessings upon, you know, as, as, as uh, uh, how, how much he blesses us with material things so that our span of life on this earth is as comfortable and pain-free as possible. That's the way we look at it. We look at, we actually value and measure, uh, not all, not everybody, but most Christians value and most of these prosperity preachers, they, they value and they measure uh, uh, the blessings of God on a person's life by how much that person owns and how comfortable his life is. And if, he, and if his life isn't comfortable enough, he thinks he's not wealthy enough, he has to take all his faith and focus it on that thing so that uh, so, so that he does get wealthier and he does get and in fact everything is because of that so we even when we give the most sacrificial thing you can do is to give but even our giving is motivated by a greedy greedy desire to have more because our giving is motivated by receiving a hundredfold more instead of that passionate love for Jesus we love him so much we are willing you know like the like the girl with the with the alabaster bottle and and uh, brought to jesus that that alabaster bottle jar with that perfume that was the most precious possession she had and she just broke that thing and poured it on the feet of jesus it was an act of pure selfless love and sacrifice and there was nothing about receiving a hundredfold doing that but it was just you do that because of your love love sacrifices god so loved that he gave and so but we don't understand that we don't understand everything has to have an angle behind it and our angle is the hundredfold return if i gave i you know and if something i don't get my hundredfold return then something is wrong in my relationship with god and i got to figure that out now what that does is that uh, is that our relationship with God becomes transactional rather than one that is based on a selfless passion. But that's what God wants for us, selfless passion. Jesus came to this world and took up the cross for us. And we love him so much that we take up the cross for him to, so to the end that we are even willing to die for his sake. So that is how Christianity should be lived. Amen. Christianity should, that is how Christianity is meant to be lived. It is meant to be lived with love and a, a self-forsaking passion and, 
you know, uh, the word faith. I'll never forget. Many, many years ago, I was a young Christian. I went to a brother's house and he had a sign. It said faith, F-A-I-T-H. And then the meaning of each letter, it says forsaking all I take him. Forsaking all I take him. That is what faith is. It's forsaking everything to embrace Jesus. And embrace Jesus for the sake of embracing Jesus. Because he's the greatest treasure of all. Greater than all the finest things that this world can afford. So anyway, so that is why we take up the cross and follow him. And that is why we love Jesus more than we love our, uh, our families. And then it says... Verse 39, uh, uh, he that finds his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sh sake shall find it. So he says that he who, 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 whose life is all based about, uh, about having a good life here on this earth and, and having all these things, and I want money, I want wealth, I want to live a good life, and I want people to see how God has blessed me because I'm driving this car, I live in this house, I have so much in this bank account, and some people say, oh, I get, you know, we were talking about a famous prosperity preacher, multi, multi, multi millionaires become wealthy of the ministry. They say, yeah, yeah, okay, he lives that way, but look at how much he gives. You see, it's not talking about, it's not about how much you give or how much you have it uh, or, or, or how much you keep for yourself. It is about taking up your cross. It's about forsaking everything and taking up your cross to follow him and also to measure your life in terms of eternity. And only if you measure your life in the terms of eternity, you will understand that he who finds his life shall lose it. That means that he who, who takes hold of his life here on this earth and and has it in order, he says, he will lose it. But he who is willing to lose his life for the sake of the gospel shall find it. I mean, I know people who have died for the sake of the gospel, laid down their lives. I remember this evangelist from Afghanistan, Zia Nudrat. Uh, I met him, I was doing a crusade in Pakistan in the, the early 80s. And I remember I met him, I was one of the last people to see him alive. And he was adamant. God had spoken to him. He was to go to Peshawar where the Taliban had their headquarters and to the tribal areas to preach the gospel to them because he came from one of their tribes. And he was, I mean, he was, the man was, um, I wish I had half the boldness that he had, but he obeyed God and, and, and everyone told him, man, they could, would kill you. He said, it doesn't matter as long as they get to hear the gospel even once, because if I don't go, those people will never hear the gospel. And the gospel that comes out of my mouth is worth more than my life and my life can be sacrificed. It doesn't matter so that those people can hear the gospel. And he did go and he preached the gospel to them and he was killed, he never came back. And of course an American would say, oh, that was foolish, that was not foolish. That was an act of pure selfless love and sacrifice, which we, we often don't understand in our society because we are so driven by our love of things and, 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 and by how we value our lives in this world. But there's a life that is eternal and we got to take a hold of that. That's why one of the things uh, uh, Paul said to Timothy, he says, uh, uh, you know, but you, when, 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 he, when he warned against, teacher, uh, against teachers who teach that godliness is gain, and he says, but you men of God flee from these things and, and, and pursue love and pursue faith and all those things. Then in the end it said, and lay hold of eternal life. 
lay, you know, this is something we really, really have to lay home block because all our teaching on faith is all based on, on this temporal life. Whenever we give examples of faith, it's all the temporal, temporal things about money, about worldly things, but we got to lay hold of eternal life because these temporal things are important. We need them, but what is far more important is eternal life because one day when this temporal is over, the eternal is all that remains. And what we will have in the eternal will depend upon how we sacrifice the temporal to take a hold of the eternal. So my friends, we gotta we gotta we gotta take a hold of eternal life. Amen. So then uh, Luke 14:33 it says, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has, he cannot be my disciples. You know, Jesus said some tough things at times and we try to water them down and kind of mellow them. Well, he didn't really mean this. He said sometimes, said some hard things, but he didn't really mean this. But this is what he said. He says, uh, if you do not forsake all that you have, you are not worthy to be my disciple. He says, if you... Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not that not that all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. So are, are you willing to forsake everything you have? Yes or no? If yes, then you're worthy to be his disciple. And if you're not, then you're not worthy to be his disciple. Okay, so that's the first thing uh, when God calls us is to forsake everything and to follow him. The second, the second thing is to love the Lord your God, to love God the Lord your God. So uh, Luke 10, 27, um, this, he, this is what Jesus said. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as yourself. Okay, this is what he said in the gospel. Uh, he was actually talking about the uh, you know, the law of God. He, he said that, that, that in this is fulfilled the law um, and the prophets. Uh, and this is what we call the law of love. And we mean, by, by that we mean that this, in a way, uh, 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 this is what we follow instead of the law of Moses. So uh, Jesus fulfilled the law of Moses. And this is, he said, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so this is the law of God. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So we are to love God with all our hearts, and with all our soul, and all our physical and mental strength, and with all of our mind. And we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Then he says, if you do this, you fulfill the law and the prophets. Because if you love God and you love people, then you will not sin against God or sin against people. And that's really what the law of Moses was all about. Anyway, look at John 13, 34. It says, a new commandment. So he's now giving them a new commandment. The first commandment he gave them was, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your, all your strength, all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now he said, I'm going to give you a new commandment. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now, what is he talking about? 
because the commandment to love your neighbor was already there. Remember in Luke 10, 27, he said, you shall love the Lord your God and all that. And he said, you love your neighbor as yourself. But then he says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. What did he, what did he mean by that? He had, isn't that the old commandment that you shall love your neighbor as yourself? No, there's a difference, right? The commandment to love my, my neighbor as myself was already there. But the new commandment, what is new about it, is not the part that we should love our neighbor. But the new commandment is that we should love our neighbor as Jesus has loved us. The old commandment was to love God and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But the new commandment, Jesus said, is not to love your neighbor as you loved yourself. That's the old one. The new one is that you shall love your neighbor as I have loved you. That raises the bar. Now, how did Jesus love us? That means that he loved us and he laid down his life for us. That is the difference. So the old commandment was we should love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And the new commandment is that we should love our neighbors as Jesus loved us by laying down his life for us and dying for us upon the cross and dying for being willing to lay down your life for others, even to the point of death. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. So willing to die for Jesus, take up the cross, but be willing to physically and literally die for our neighbor. That means being willing to take a bullet for your friends. Are we willing to do that? And uh, how much, how far are we willing to go in our love for our brothers and sisters? Is it uh, give them a few things or a little bit of money or are we willing to lay down our very lives for their sake. So that's what the new commandment is. The new commandment is that we should love our, our brothers and sisters, not just as much as we love ourselves, but as much as Jesus has loved us by dying and laying down his life for us. So my covenant responsibilities are to make myself, my life, Make myself, my life, my possessions to the Lord. That means all that I am, all that I have in this life, I give it, I make it totally available to the Lord. And once we do that, the Lord will see to it that I have all the blessings of the new covenant. I will enjoy all the blessings of the new covenant. You see, many times... Let me just say this. Many times people don't enjoy the blessings of the covenant, not because they live in sin, but because they don't love to the full extent they should. In the sense, their love, they have a kind of love, but it's not the sacrificial, the self-sacrificial, self-denying love. That, that is the important thing. So let us remember that, that, we have a wonderful covenant with God through the blood of Jesus and we are 
called to live in this wonderful covenant and enjoy the covenant blessings, but it flows both ways. Uh, the covenant blessings come to us, but our covenant responsibilities also flow from us to God. That we lay down our lives, all that we are, our plans, our ambitions, and what we own, everything belongs to Jesus. And as all that we are, all that we have belongs to Jesus, then Jesus is also mine. Praise God. Well, that ends this subject, but let's have a word of prayer. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters who have been listening to me every day. I pray, Father, that your hand of mercy be upon their lives. May they enjoy all the blessings of the new covenant that you have purchased for us through the precious blood of your son, Jesus. May they be blessed in all things and lack nothing, Father. We thank you. We thank you for your mercy and grace. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you, my friends, and I'll be seeing you again, hopefully tomorrow. God bless you. Bye.